Good morning, saints. Well, if you are visiting, we are in a series on wisdom, God's wisdom. We're rooting much of what we look at in the book of Proverbs, which is actually a book of wisdom and wise sayings. This morning, we consider a text that, in my opinion, kind of explodes off the page in the Old Testament. And all throughout the New Testament, you see it reverberating in different ways and being referenced and us being reminded of the truth that is found in this one verse. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn or scroll to Proverbs chapter 23. This is a foundational text that I think every single Christian should be aware of, should understand, and be mindful of it. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17, we read this. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Do not in your heart envy sinners. If you were raised on the King James, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Tim referenced the title. My creative abilities are on great display this morning. I basically just took part of the verse and said, well, here's the sermon title. Uh, That is the extent of my creativity. Now, we all know, I think we would agree that it's not a virtue to be envious of other people, to be jealous of other people, to see that she got this or he got that. And well, I wish I had what they have, or I wish I was more like them, or I wish they would accept me into their, like I would be accepted in their friend group, whatever it might be. Uh, All of those things are true. But I believe this verse speaks much deeper than what we might see at first glance, which is why I wanted to spend some time on it this morning. It's easy to be reading through Proverbs to see this one verse And read it on almost a superficial level and say, well, that's true. I I shouldn't be jealous of other people. But there's really a whole lot more to it. There's a lot more to what this particular verse is saying. And as we progress through God's word into the New Testament, you literally have this on surround sound, just different authors saying it in different ways. So let's look at some essential components of this statement. I've taken away some of the words just to focus on a few at the moment. The first word is envy. Envy is a strong word. I went to some popular online sources, Oxford Dictionary, Wikipedia. I'm going to give you a couple definitions here, things that just to expand your understanding of, of this word. To envy is to desire to have a quality 
a possession, or other desirable attribute that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to somebody else. Similar words that convey kind of the same meaning or expand upon it. To be envious is to be jealous. To be resentful. To begrudge someone else. It could be put in this way. To be envious. Envy. It is a resentful emotion that occurs when a person lacks another person's perceived superior superior quality, achievement, and possession, and wishes that that other person didn't have it. Right? It's not just I want it. It's why I wish you didn't have that. Like I want. I'm wishing ill on you. A similar word is jealous. Same sources. Just to kind of stoke up all of our understandings of what he is actually saying here. To be jealous. It is a feeling or showing envy of someone of their, of their achievements or advantages. Words associated with jealous. Covetous. Desirous. Resentful. Jealousy is an emotion referring to the thoughts and feelings of insecurity, fear, and envy over relative lack of possession, status, or something of great personal value. All of these concepts, all of these words are associated with the word envy. When we talk about envying someone else, you've probably heard the phrase green with envy. This is a trap that is all too familiar to fall into. He got the promotion and I was passed over. Look at the life that she lives. Look at who they are. And I am not. Envy leads us to want to be like someone so badly we will do anything to be accepted by them, to be celebrated by them, to be welcomed into their little, their little party. We actually live our lives and plan our steps so that maybe they will notice me. Maybe I'll become accepted. Maybe I'll be a part of their little fun bunch. Look at the life she's living. I want that. You want it so badly. You almost wish ill on that individual person. Why am I suffering and they're not? I've done everything right. But they're getting the blessings and I'm, I'm not. We look for affirmation. We look for acceptance in so many of the wrong places. And beloved, this is a very real, very, very real dynamic for most of us. 
So that's the word envy. But there's something that he says right after that that is extremely important. That brings out the depth of what he is actually speaking to. As I said earlier, we know it's not good, it's not right, it's not healthy, it's not the, the right thing to, to envy other people, to want what our friend has, and they got a new car, they got a new this, or they got that, and all these things. He's speaking to more than that. Look at the word he uses. Do not in your heart envy sinners. When we understand the totality of God's word, we understand the truth that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, all of us are sinners. We understand it. We miss the mark. When you find this word, this designation in the Old Testament, particularly in the wisdom books, there's an idea here that when we talk about sinners, it's kind of the righteous and the sinners. Right, The ones who are following God and the ones who are not. The ones who do not have room in their thoughts or their plans or their convictions for God. It literally is the dumbest thing anyone could do. To live as if the one who made you isn't there or doesn't care or hasn't spoken conclusively on the things that you're chasing after. This is the depth that he's bringing us to. This is not a superficial something flashy just walked past you. Man, I wish I had that. This is actually looking at other people who do not know God, who do not honor God as God, and saying, I wish I was like them. I want to be like them. That's a whole different narrative. And the Holy Spirit wants to rescue us from such a self-destructive and disastrous path. But there's more. Every word is here for a reason. He says, do not in your heart envy sinners. When we talk about our heart, when the Bible talks about our heart, we've said this many times, this is... The deepest part of who we are, it's the, it's the deepest recesses of our being. It's our will, it's our emotions, it's our convictions. He says, never allow yourself on that level to want to be like them. Those who are not walking with God, who do not know God, don't. Do that. You know, we say things like, I love you with all of my heart. What does that mean? With my whole being, with all that I am, I love you. The scripture here is informing us do not, do not. On that level, envy people who do not know me, who do not acknowledge me, who do not worship me. I asked Brother Sam to read from Psalm 73 earlier in the service because that is the classic 
passage in the Old Testament that talks about envying sinners. Here I am trying to do the right thing, which is probably true. I'm honoring God. I'm avoiding sin. I'm generous. I'm this. I'm that. And I look around and something very disconcerting is happening. The very people who do not love God, who do not acknowledge him, they're living their best life now. They're actually prospering. They're carefree. The king said, well, what's up with that? And deeper and deeper it goes. You remember what Sam read? I was like a brute beast before you. All the intelligence of a beast. Because I'm looking and I want what they have. I want to be who they are. The conclusion to that. I'm just going to read it again. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. This is after 20 verses of him complaining about why everyone else is doing great and I'm having an awful time. Nevertheless, verse 23, Psalm 73, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, here's the key one. You will receive me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Why would I? My flesh and my heart may fail. That is what many people feel on a regular basis. But God is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever. Last verse. But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge. That I may tell of all of your good works. This is what he's speaking to. Do not allow those strong emotions of jealousy and Envy and, and resentment to fester in your heart for people that don't even know or acknowledge me. He wouldn't say it if it's not a possibility. Now, as is often the case with Scripture, he doesn't merely say, don't do this. He says, well, Don't do that, but do this. What are we to do? What are we to engage ourselves in rather than allow ourselves to become embittered on the inside, thinking about other people, wanting to be like them all the time? I do like the King James on this one. Be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. That's where you belong. That's where we should be. What is the fear of the Lord? We've talked about this. A reverence for God. A worship of Him. In our thoughts, affections, convictions, plans, and activity, we proactively make room for God. Because He is the one that we worship. And he is the one that we love. 
And even when we don't understand all that is going on around us, and even when sinners are excelling and prospering, we fear the Lord. This, the wisdom that is in this one verse is astounding. This is how you should live your life. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of being able to correctly perceive life around you is to engage and to live and to be in the fear of the Lord, to worship, to reverence, to honor, and to walk with him. So what is his message? You're going to see all kinds of shiny things walking in front of you day in and day out. You're going to have relationships with people that do not honor me. Those people don't honor me. And it will be tempting to look at them and say, you know what? My life would be a whole lot better if I were like them. Or if they accepted me as their friend. And we know it's true. We manipulate our entire life trying to angle ourselves so those people will, will think highly of me. And as he often does, Solomon, led by the Holy Spirit, is telling us that is a disastrous step. It is a natural and understandable step in the moment. But that's why you live in the fear of the Lord to safeguard yourself from that path. Now, I'd like to mention something I think that is interesting about uh, when you read Hebrew, which most of us do not. Uh, the word that we use, obey, we know what obey means. But largely in Hebrew, when you see the word obey in English, it's derived from a root that means to hear or to listen. The idea is, come, come to me. I want to talk to you for just a little bit. I want you to slow down and I want you to hear me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me to give me your full attention so that when I'm done talking with you, and we've had this little discussion, you'll actually put into practice the things that I say. That's the idea. Hear me out. Hear me. Listen to me. And then do what I say. Like it's, you can't listen in that sense without doing it. You can't disconnect the two. So in the book of Proverbs, you will find this over and over and over and over again. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Look at how the book of Proverbs basically opens up. Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. See how all that's tied together? He's not saying come here so we can have a little pep talk and then you can just do whatever you want afterwards. He's saying, listen to me. I'm going to lay down some wisdom for you. I'm going to give you some things that will really serve you well in life. Pay attention to me. I love how he ties in, do not forsake. That is, obey. When you read particularly 
the old the book of Proverbs or the book of Psalms. Pay attention to how many times you hear the or you see the word hear or listen or incline your ear towards me. It's an invitation to hear what God has to say on the matter so that your life will be a whole lot better because you're actually going to do what the scripture says. Now, let's extend this verse just a little bit. Let's expand it and and make some application here. Why is he telling us to not envy sinners? What's the, what is the answer to that question? I'd like to give you three very specific reasons why we should never envy sinners. And remember, when we get to the place where we envy someone in our heart, that does not occur overnight. You have been in that pit for a long time. This is a heart issue. This is something where you have thought about this over and over and over again. You turn it around in your mind and it becomes your heart desire, your disposition to envy others. Reason number one why you should not ever envy sinners. They will not stand in judgment. Meaning, they don't have a chance. They may live their best life now, which is why I use that word now. But there's much more to life than the here and the now. Are we not a mist that is here today and gone tomorrow? Do we put all our eggs in this one little basket? Psalm chapter 1. I invite you to turn there to your left. This is a wonderful psalm that I reference often, but I usually focus on the first three verses. Verse 2 says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law He meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that He does He prospers. That's a beautiful picture of the man, the woman, the child of God who is endeavoring to serve and to walk with the Lord. Their roots go deep. The Bible is not just a passing acquaintance for them. Verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. We've said many, many times on that day, there will be but one question that is proffered to us. What did you do with my son? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. When we see sinners... Reveling in their sin, celebrating their wickedness, being prosperous, sometimes on the backs of others. Don't envy them. Don't. This life is too short, this life is too brief. In Acts 17, Paul said, God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world by one man. 
And he proved this by raising him from the dead. Second reason. You have, this is now we're going into New Testament territory. Do you remember when we were in the book of Ephesians? It's 2020. And we saw this wonderful theme of an inheritance. What we have as believers, we are not only saved from God's wrath and judgment. We are saved to something stupendously beautiful. The Bible calls it our inheritance. By definition, we cannot earn an inheritance. It is based on the good works of somebody else. His name is Jesus Christ. And we have his righteousness. We have an inheritance because we are in Christ. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. You will find this great theme laced all throughout God's word. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm just going to start reading. There's a few verses I want you to see. Beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according... Look at all these gospel words. They're beautiful. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Why? Why? Do we live for lesser things? Verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The totality of our salvation is not even now. It It is yet future. It is secure, but it is yet future. We're living in this now, but not yet. We're living in this tension, this this place where we still live in a cursed world. We still live in our flesh. Temptations and heartaches all around us. Now, where's your perspective because of that? Verse 6. In this you greatly you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. That's Psalm 73, the entire chapter, 28 verses in one verse. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe and rejoice. You believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. My friends, never settle. For lesser things. Never set your heart on things that flash for a moment and then they're gone. Do not allow your heart to go after them. And third, it's kind of all tied together. We're going to go back to the middle of your Bible, Psalm chapter 90. When 
when we envy sinners, we forget their whole life is just a mirage. I mean, it's actually not a leap of faith to say that life is passing, life is short. Like, we kind of know that. Uh, You live to 90 years old, you live to 100 years old. It's still relatively short in comparison to eternity. And that's an understatement. Why would we run after things that are here today and gone tomorrow? Psalm 90. This actually is Moses. Verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Now, that's the one I want to follow. That's the one I want to worship. And his wisdom, his perspective, his take on a matter it is exactly what I want to have. Look at verse 11. Pardon my... Ages were sticking together. Verse 12, sorry. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain, see the words he uses? A heart of wisdom. Do not in your heart envy sinners, but rather gain a heart of wisdom where you can see things for what they are, where you joyfully receive the trials in your life and you trust in Him the best that you can and follow Him with all of your heart. I would like to make one last comment and I invite you to turn to the book of Joshua towards the beginning of your Bible, Joshua chapter 1. The Israelites had been in captivity, in slavery for hundreds of years. Moses led them out of Egypt. Joshua led them into the promised land. This is a pivotal point in history. They are now poised to take that possession that God had promised to them. They are there. It's happening. And there's a word from the Lord Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, that's a strong word. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Be courageous. You say to yourself, well. Thank you. I feel not cold, not bold, and I don't feel courageous at the moment. Uh, thank you for telling me I need to be that. But you see, behind every word from God like this, there's always a supporting concept. So before you look at verse 9, I invite you to look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not Depart from your mouth, but in contrast, you shall meditate on it day and night. This is where you're at. 
This is where you park your mind. This is where you consider things. So that you may be careful to do. Remember, there's the intrinsic tie of hearing and doing, of obedience. That you would be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for you will make for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So, beloved, we come back to the place where we often find ourselves. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Do not fall for the pitfall. Do not, do not be tempted or, or give in to the temptation to envy other people, to envy sinners. Yes, in many respects, their lives will be easy compared to yours. You will always find somebody who, who is better off than you are, who is less stressed than you are, and just on down the list. But don't envy them. Remind yourself again and again from God's word who you are in Christ, what your inheritance is, what is before you. You have been completely accepted and adopted into God's family. You're not stuck in the back door. You have an inheritance. Do not envy sinners. But remain and be resolved every day, all day long, to be in the fear of the Lord. Let's pray together. With every eye closed and head bowed, it's always good to have a moment or two of reflection. Really, all I have done this morning is expounded God's Word. I mean, honestly. The treasure chest that is God's Word and the wisdom that Proverbs and, of course, all of God's Word has for our everyday life. It is easy to fall into the trap of envying sinners. Beloved, let, it, let that not be us. Let us encourage one another and help one another, be understanding towards one another, be patient with one another, seek to understand the things we're working through so we can be good news first to one another, to help us, to not be distracted by the things we see in the world. But don't let this, at the same time, don't let this feel like just a slap on the wrist. Because really, what the Proverbs is telling us, what Scripture is telling us, is what we have is so much more valuable and beautiful than the things that we might chase after in life. And that is the trajectory of the New Testament. That is what every single apostle, New Testament writer is Telling us and pointing us to, through their own unique personality, through their own words, they're reminding us of who we are in Christ. And don't settle for lesser things, not just because it's not the right thing to do, but because actually it is the best thing for you. Everything that we speak to week in and week out is premised upon the good news, the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. When we acknowledge and admit what is plain before us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we abandon our efforts to make ourselves acceptable to God, to earn His love or His kindness or salvation, when we abandon that completely and see that Jesus died for sinners, and we turn to Him and Him alone, and we place our faith, our confidence, our trust in who He is and what He has done for us at the cross. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. As Sam prayed earlier, it is a free gift. It cannot be a mix of Him and me. It's all Him. And we cast ourselves on the mercy of God through that. If you have never turned to the Lord in repentance and put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, the Bible says today is the day of your salvation. None of this makes any sense without that solid foundation. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, again, we give you thanks for who you are. We give you thanks for the solid ground upon which we stand. Thank you for the free gift of salvation, which is not just fire insurance. That's pretty amazing itself. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it overflowing. Oh, Lord, we know that many surely this morning, their hearts feel parched or downcast or worn out. Oh, Lord, would you touch them? Would you use us, one another, to help one another? Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Support one another. Be long-suffering with one another. And always point, always point to the goodness of God and the joy of the Lord. And what is ahead All the praise goes to you in Jesus' name. Amen.